0: Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page, where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to BSNBars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bar. Bartender, the VIP image on that page in your browser, and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's BSNBars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. It's
1: fun. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast, presented by In We Go.
2: Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumlee. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in L.A. (laughs) Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and cut him off, I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on (laughs) him. Welcome into a brand new BSN Nuggets podcast. We are presented by In We Go. Today, as always, the subscription that can get you into almost any event in Denver with promo code BSN50. Harrison Wint tonight, solo edition of the show. Christian Clark will be back for Friday's show. I know I didn't take any fan hotline questions on yesterday's show. We were just recapping another win over the Mavericks. We went a little long, didn't have time to get into the questions, but... Saved them for tonight. we got six to get to, including one from all the way in Stockholm. So thanks for calling in, guys. Really appreciate it. Love hearing from you. Uh, It's one of my favorite parts of the job for sure. So without further ado, let's go to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline right now.
3: Hello, this is Corey from Florida. Nice win against the Mavericks. Jamal Murray especially looked good as I was watching. What's gotten into Jamal? all those points, closing the game, crazy amounts of assists, hitting the glass, taking getting the block, taking it coast to coast, he's amazing. So, my question is and what what kind of growth are we seeing from Jamal in season right now? And another note for the fourth quarter uh execution of offense. We saw we've seen um Jamal and Jokic do pick-and-roll and pick-and-roll and 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 just run a two-man offense and get it done. Then Monte Morris got involved, and he was running a little pick-and-roll with Joker, and and there was action off of that as well. So there's three players running this pick-and-roll, and how amazing is that? Another good win, and it's good to be on top in the West this late in the season. Go Nuggets.
2: Thanks for the question, Corey. I agree with you, man. I think we're seeing a ton of growth from Jamal Murray right now in season, you know, maybe this is one of the stretches we look back at next year and a couple years down the line and really can pinpoint as a place where he's turned a little bit of a corner. What's different with him? I don't think it's anything crazy. It's not anything the Nuggets are doing differently when it comes to their scheme or whatnot. I don't think it's really anything crazy that Jamal Murray has improved on here over the last couple weeks. He just looks more comfortable. He just looks like a much more comfortable player out there right now. I mean, notice how we're not talking about those turnovers with Jamal Murray that we were earlier this season at as much. Sure, he still had some high turnover games recently, but it does seem like the turnovers are coming of a different variety, you know? It's not as much of the bounce pass from the three-point line to the elbow where Nikola Jokic is that is resulting in a turnover. He's making that pass with a lot more regularity right now. He just looks like a much more comfortable and confident player. And I have a couple theories on it. One of them is just it might have taken him a little while to get adjusted to a higher usage role without Will Barton, without Gary Harrison, without Paul Millsap now. And now with those three guys being out for a couple games and Gary and Will being out for a while now, and, and Paul missing these last couple games. Now he's fully embracing and understanding what he's going to be counted on for every night. He just looks more comfortable in that role where you know he's going to get a lot of shots. He's going to get a lot of looks, and so he's not pressing now. He's not coming out in first quarters and saying to himself, yeah, you know, I got to get five or six shots up. Not saying that's what was going through his head, but it seemed like he definitely came out the start of games too often and was looking for a shot maybe a little too much or, or even pressing to start games thinking, man, I got to get in a rhythm early on here. Uh, he just looks more comfortable and composed. And what we're seeing in fourth quarters is probably the biggest development. We were talking a bunch with Michael Malone today here at practice, and I'm recording this Thursday night. This, so this was at practice during the day on Thursday And Michael Malone pretty much called him their go to guy in the fourth quarter. The ball is going to be in Jamal Murray's hands a ton late in games, late in fourth quarters. And what you love about it, what Michael Malone loves about it, and what the Nuggets love about having the ball in Jamal Murray's hands is he's not afraid of the moment. And that's sometimes half the battle with these guys. The fact that Jamal Murray is 21. And Buddy Heald is 26. I don't know if you guys saw that tonight, but it came out that Buddy Heald is 26, not 25. That's not really the point here. But the fact that Jamal is 21 and has that confidence late in games, it really sets the Nuggets up well down the road. And not having Gary and Will here for this stretch, it's really helped Jamal out, I think, in the long run it's helped him find a good rhythm. It's helped his confidence stay sky high. It's helped him kind of take on more of a leadership role and more of a high usage role within this offense. The one thing we're still waiting for him to come around on is the three-point shot, right? Murray's still shooting well below weighted last year. He's still under 30 percent from three. In the catch and shoot, he's shooting 35 percent on threes. He shot 41 percent from three last year. That number's not high enough. On pull-up threes, yes, that shot I was begging him to take more of this year. Yeah, that hasn't exactly worked out. He's just shooting 24% on pull-up threes compared to 32% on pull-up threes. So not great there. But his playmaking has come leaps and bounds over these last couple weeks. And that's really the main point about where Jamal's really made the most strides here over the last month. Leading the league in secondary assists right now. He's had some huge assist games. Uh, The 15-assist game, of course, against Dallas was the one that stood out. Had a couple eight-assist games earlier this month against Toronto and Orlando. He just looks like a more comfortable player. He looks calm, doesn't look like he's pressing. And I really do think it probably took him a little bit of time to get adjusted to not having Gary Harris, another guy who handles the ball a lot out there with him, not having Will Barton, a guy who handles the ball a ton, who plays a ton of point guard for this team out there with him. And now we're seeing... Jamal Murray adjusted to playing with who he is right now, and yeah, maybe there's a little bit of an adjustment period to come when those guys get back into the lineup, but it's a much easier thing for Jamal Murray to adjust to that than to adjust to playing without those guys, in my opinion. Having Monte Morris out there, to Corey's point, has helped a lot as well. Monte Morris kind of in the mold of Will Barton a guy who can play out the pick and roll like Will Barton did a lot last year, a guy who can run a unit, and Jamal Murray can go off the ball and, you know, play as a second side pick and roll guy, which is where he's better, in my opinion. I think he's better if you have him on the wing and you have Monte Morris initiating the action at the top of the key. He gets into the lane. He goes off a Millsap or Jokic screen, gets into the paint, kicks it out to Jamal Murray, he can take his man off the dribble from there. He can shoot from three from there, or you can wait for a screen from Jokic or Millsap to come over and he operates there. I think he's better on the second side pick and roll than he is from the top of the key in like the first action. So with Monte Morris out there, that helps him play that role. And of course, I mean Monte's been nails this year. He's been unbelievable this year. Leading the league in assist the turnover ratio, his stat line. If you look at his assists and his turnovers right now, I mean, it just looks fake. It doesn't even look real. Guys are not supposed to hand out that many assists to that few turnovers in the NBA, let alone guys who only play 25 minutes in their rookie season. So uh, having a primary ball handler out there helps Murray because he can get off the ball where he really flourishes. And also having just as good of a player out there as Fonte Morris helped Jamal Murray out too. Your second question, Corey, I'm not going to play it, but I'm going to answer it here. Corey wants to know what do I think the Nuggets will go over these next 15 games? If you guys don't remember, I nailed the 15 game prediction, thought they'd go 10 and 5. They went 10 and 5. I was way off on my 30 game prediction. I thought they would go 18 and 12, did not think they'd be able to navigate these injuries like they had. Didn't think they were going to do what they did on the road trip, thought. Maybe three and one, but probably two and two on this home stand. Hey, they surprise us all and go four and zero. My prediction for these next fifteen games is ten and five. I think they're going to go ten and five in their next fifteen. They're going to be thirty-one and fourteen through forty-five games. That's a lot of wins through forty-five games, guys. And this next part of the schedule, it's not all that tough. Eight home games in their next fifteen games. And let me list off these opponents that they play at home. The Spurs, the Knicks, the Hornets, the Clippers, the Blazers, the Warriors, the Bulls, and the Cavs. So you got a couple tough games in there. But then you also got the likes of the Knicks, the Hornets, who the Nuggets should beat at home, the Clippers, who have not looked like the same team that they were earlier this season. I mean, Portland and Golden State... Denver might be favored in both those games. Then you got Chicago and Cleveland on the back end of that two wins. So this is not the hardest stretch for the Nuggets upcoming here. And it comes as a good time. You know, I don't think they necessarily have to rush back Gary Harris or Paul Millsap. Will Barton, I believe, is very close to coming back. I think he could be back maybe this weekend. Although, if I had to bet, I'd say next week, maybe against the Spurs next Wednesday just speculating there. But this next stretch of the schedule, it's not all that bad. Those home games are more than manageable. And there's a bunch of toss-ups on the road too, like at Sacramento, at Miami. They got an easy one at Phoenix. They play Phoenix twice over these next 15 games. That's huge. That's two wins. Uh, so I think Denver goes 10-5 and over these next 15. And at the 45-game mark, I've got them 31 and 14. We'll see if they can get there. All right, next up, let's go back to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. I'm going to get to Chris's question here, kind of on that same topic of Jamal Murray a little bit. I want to talk about him a bit more, so let's get to his question right now.
4: Hey, Chris in Denver called after a pretty great win to cap off a of homestead. Sweet. Imagine that, you know, going into this, you're thinking, well, 500 be good, you know, just get that 500, but they got the sweep, down three starters, this uh, this team is something else at home, and the crowd was a little dead at first, but they got into it in the fourth, they came alive right when the team did, I, I, uh, I'm i pretty impressed with this game, uh, Jokic obviously had the monster night that the team knows they needed him to have, Trey Lyles rebounding huge too, I think he went shot four or seven, and the field and three or four from three that uh that's a nice little game to get his confidence going and plus we also saw jamal murray absolutely cook my man had 22 7 and 15 15 assists probably you know low-key probably close to as big of a game as his big 48.9 i know 48 points is eye-popping but for jamal murray All the criticisms that have been made about his playmaking and his assists, passing, he had 15 assists, one turnover. That's incredible. And, you know, I think if you go back to his last, you know, 15, 20 games or so, you know, probably, probably close to about the last 15 games, his assists have been getting better. Yeah, he's had some nights where he's only had three or four. Yeah, he's had a couple nights where he's had some turnovers against some tough defenses. But his assists have been great. He hasn't been turning the ball over as much as he usually does either. The guy's making pretty big improvements. You know, he came into this year thinking that Barton's going to be the secondary facilitator and Jamal Murray is going to be, you know, he's going to run the two man game with Jokic. You just need to get open and hit those blue arrows. And neither of those things have happened tonight, have happened this year. Barton got hurt and uh, Gary's gotten hurt. So he's kind of had to take over both duties and he's excelling at them. You know, I, I don't. I don't think his percentages will be there at the end of the year where where we all wanted them to, and I, I don't really think we'll get that Gestalt game where we're like, okay, now, now he's turned it around. But I do think over the over the remainder of the season we'll continue to see that we'll see the Murray that we thought we were going to see. You know, we'll, we'll we'll start to see that more and more, and then when everyone comes back, I think we'll see it. But probably will show itself in the year-end averages. So, what are your thoughts on this game? You know. It, we covered the spread, but didn't quite didn't quite feel like it covered throughout the game. Uh, I think the rest whistles were broken. They seem to keep going off during routine basketball. But what are your thoughts on Murray and Trey? Could this be a turning point? As always, keep the great work. Love the show. Go Nuggets!
2: Thanks for the call, as always, Chris. Here's my final thoughts on the Dallas game. You mentioned the spread there. It's weird. Dallas always gives Denver trouble. It seems. Denver's probably had a better team than them over these last three seasons and does again this year, but Nuggets went 2-2 two and two against the Mavs last year. They went 3-1 and one against the Mavs two years ago, and there were a lot of close games there from what I remember. Dallas just has some players that seem to hurt Denver. J.J. Barea, of course. Devin Harris, when he's not on the Nuggets, seems to hit a couple big shots from time to time against Denver Yogi Farrell, who is on Sacramento now, always used to kill Denver when he was on the Mavs. They just always played the Nuggets close. Rick Carlisle is a good coach. He's going to have his guys coached up. He's going to have the Nuggets scouting report down. He's going to make sure his guys study it. Maybe that's part of the equation, too. So Dallas always plays Denver close. But I want to go back to that first point you made, Chris. I think this 15 assist game from Jamal Murray was more impressive. Than the 48 point game he had earlier this year against Boston. That 48 point game was awesome. It was so exciting. Jamal Murray played great. That game kind of put him in the national spotlight. It was really the beginning. You can either look at that or that Warriors game, but I'm going to look at that Celtics game. I, I think that was it, it as really the first game that elevated the Nuggets into the national spotlight a little bit. Not even because they beat Boston, not even because of Murray's 48 point game, but because of what he did at the end of the game, of course, and going for 51, which I still, to this day, don't fault him for that decision. I loved it. I think it gave the Nuggets an edge. I think they're still carrying that edge to this day. I think that laid the groundwork for the attitude, for the swagger they're playing with even now, and I've maintained that stance all along. But I do think this 15-assist game is more impressive than that. It's probably tougher for Jamal Murray to hand out 15 assists than it is for him to score 48 points, and I think it's more impressive. Scoring is very valuable in this league. You need to score at the highest level to win in the playoffs and to win championships. Then again, I think it's a little overrated. I think there are a lot of skills out there that are more valuable than scoring. I don't know if Jamal Murray's assists are more valuable in the long-term view than his scoring. The Nuggets need him to be a scorer. They need him to be a guy late in games who can go get a bucket for them. At this team's final level, their final form, whatever you want to call it, I believe Jamal Murray is a guy who's scoring 20 a night for you, and he's been that for most of this season, even if he hasn't been really efficient. So they need him to score, but they also need him to hand out assists and to just you know, run his team, so... I think just looking at Jamal Murray's career and specifically what he's done this year, I think the 15 assists might even be more impressive than the 48 points. It's certainly not going to garner the same types of headlines, but the struggles he had running his team, the struggles he had making simple plays to Nicole Jokic and just doing point guard things earlier this season, he's come a long way from that, and this could definitely be a jumping-off point from him. Trey Lyles, to Chris's other point there, man, it was great to see him going. <laughs> he's been the one guy on this bench unit who's not having a career year. Mason Plumlee's not putting up the best numbers he has in his career, but he's playing really efficiently. He's playing the best 18 minutes, a game that he ever has in his career, if that makes any sense. like He's playing the best basketball on a per minute basis that he has in his career. He's obviously not playing as many minutes as he once did in Brooklyn In Portland, that's why his numbers are down. If you're looking at his career best, but he's playing at an A plus level for this team in around 18, 19, 20 minutes per game. He's unbelievable on the defensive end of the floor. He's had a career year in my mind. Monte Morris, we know what he's done. Malik Beasley, he is really emerging slowly but surely, and probably even a bit under the radar here on this Nuggets bench. He's the guy out of him, Monte Morris. Trey Lyles, Mason Plumlee, can't even throw a Wancho into this argument. He's got the highest ceiling out of those guys. He's the youngest out of that group. He's got the most athleticism out of that group. I think he's got the second best shot in terms of upside compared to Wancho out of that group. Uh, so he's really starting to flourish, and I wouldn't be surprised if he continues to take more and more steps, and I hope for the Nuggets' sake they can hang on to him because I'm sure there are a lot of teams calling about Malik Beasley right now. And then Trey Lyles, he's kind of the only guy who hasn't found his footing on that bench unit all year. He's the only guy who really hasn't enjoyed a career year. But maybe this is the beginning of him breaking out of this season-long slump. His confidence in his jumper has really been shot. We've been seeing him taking it to the hole more and more over these last few games. But if Trey Lyles doesn't have a three-point shot, he's not going to be a really effective NBA player. Yes, he is more than just a three-point shooter, as Mike Mullen likes to say, but the three-point shot sets up the rest of his game. Without that jumper, he's really not much of a threat on the offensive end. It really leads to the rest of his game and really opens up everything else for him. So I'm not going to say he's back. I'm not going to say he's found his three-point rhythm. He's got to do this in two, three, four more games, but he's on his way. This was a great step forward for him. That was one of the biggest things that came out of this win. Yeah, Jamal Murray's assists were great. Nikola Jokic playing at an MVP level right now, as we've spoken about on the last two BSN Nuggets podcasts. But Trey Lyles finding his rhythm last game was huge. Let's go ahead and take a break real quick. More questions on the other side right here on the BSN Nuggets podcast.
1: This podcast is presented by In We Go, the subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can for only thirty-nine bucks per month with no additional cost or fees. You heard that right: as many events as you can fit into your schedule for only thirty-nine dollars per month. Brandon Spanos here, and he's going to tell us a little bit about it.
0: Yeah, guys, this year alone, I've been to Avalanche games, Nuggets games, Rockies games, Rapids games, Buffs games. I've been to concerts, uh, beer tastings, food festivals. I even went to a few comedy shows, so it's literally changed my life. <laughs>
1: if it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that inwego can get you in. And here's where it gets good. We've partnered with inwego to give BSN listeners a great deal. Go to InWeGo.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe to get 50% off your first month. That's right, all the events you can handle for less than 20 for your first month. Try it and fall in love with it like we did here at BSN Denver. Go to inwego.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50.
2: Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by InWego, Harrison Wind here, Thursday edition of the show, recording Thursday evening. Let's go back to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. Got three more questions to get to. Here we go.
5: Hello, Chris and Harrison. This is E.J. Holloway, Jacksonville, Florida, and hello, Nuggets fan base. Wow, what a season so far. Uh, I mean, I, I'm telling you, these Nuggets have solidified their standing, not only in the West, but in the league, and are finally getting noticed. It's nice to see that we could pull out the game against the Thunder. That was definitely a game I had circled on my calendar. Um, league pass could be much more improved, but I've enjoyed watching all the games up to this point. Uh, Not to mention the season sweep of the Toronto Raptors, which obviously not only are the best team in the East, but easily top team in the um, entire NBA. So overall, uh, with how we look right now, with the one seed in the West, do you guys think that we can continue to hold on to that and get home court advantage in the playoffs? Yes, I said the playoffs. I do believe we will get there regardless of what seeding we have. When we get there, if we are able to hold on to the one seed uh, through the four seed, who do you think we'll face off against? And who do you think, with such little playoff experience, excluding Paul Millsap, who has more than the rest of the team combined, outside of Paul Millsap, who do you think will have the largest impact in the playoffs? Um, With this bench scoring and the volume that we've seen in comparison to last year, Once again, I do think the Nuggets have solidified their standing in the league and in the West.
2: Thanks for the call, EJ. To your first question, can Denver get home court in the playoffs? Yes. At the beginning of the season, I wrote an article on bsndenver.com with the headline, Why Denver Will Get 50 Wins and the Fourth Seed in the West. I picked this team for home court advantage at the beginning of the year. This start definitely hasn't deterred me from thinking that way. When you look at the teams in the West this year, they also have a really good chance to stick in the top four because it's still a really good conference from top to bottom. From top to bottom, the West is still better than the East from 1 to 15. A lot of people have been saying the top of the East is better than the top of the West. I'm not willing to go that far because I think the Warriors, the Thunder and the Nuggets are three legitimate teams at the top of the West that can go toe-to-toe with the top teams in the East. But the top of the conferences are both very strong. Toronto, Milwaukee, Philly, those guys are not any worse. I don't think they're necessarily better. I think the top of the East is about on par to the top of the West, but the West is still better, 1 through 15, although the top of it is not as strong as it was last season, and the main reason why is because Houston hasn't really found itself yet. They're ninth right now in the playoff race heading into tonight. They lost Chris Paul to a hamstring. That could hurt them, but I do think Houston's going to be okay. I think they'll make the playoffs. I'm not sure they'll be a top three seed, however. So I believe the Nuggets can have home court advantage in the first round. That shouldn't be a huge surprise at this point in the year if they do finish with a top four seed seed. Here's what I did. Here's a little exercise I did. I went ahead and ranked the eight teams that are currently in playoff positioning, except I subbed the Rockets in for the Mavericks, the Rockets who are at nine for the Mavericks who are at eight. And I ranked them in terms of easiest opponent to hardest opponent in the playoffs for Denver. So I've got eight teams, the easiest opponent of the currently Position playoff teams right now for the Nuggets is the Clippers, I think, followed by the Spurs. Yes, it's still the Spurs. It's still Greg Popovich, but the Nuggets have so much more talent than them. The Blazers, I've got third. The Thunder, I've got fourth. A lot of people are riding high on the Thunder. I believe the Nuggets actually match up with Oklahoma City fairly well. The Lakers, fifth. I would not want to play LeBron James in a first round playoff series or really in the playoffs at all. I've got the Warriors seventh, and I've got the Rockets as still the toughest playoff opponent for the Nuggets. I know the Rockets aren't the same this year. I know they're quite a bit worse than they were last year, but they've still got Chris Paul. They've still got James Harden, and Chris Paul is banged up right now, but he's probably going to be healthy for the playoffs. They've still got Clint Capella. They can still spread pick and roll the Nuggets to death, and as far as this Nuggets defense has come this season, I'm still not sure they can stop the Rockets. Houston beat them once already this regular season. I'm really intrigued to see how these next three matchups go, but I would still want no part of Houston in a playoff series. If I'm Denver, I want to avoid the Rockets at all costs in the first round, in the second round, the third round. I would still want no part of James Harden and the Rockets in the playoffs if I'm Denver. Two EJs Second question, who do I think is going to really step up in the playoffs on this team who does not have a ton of playoff experience? What's been the narrative around Nikola Jokic when it comes to the playoffs? Oh, we don't know if his game is going to translate into the playoffs. At times throughout the last couple of years, I thought that was legitimate. I've had questions about how his game would translate. But the thing is, I'm not terribly worried about how his game translates to the playoffs anymore. I think Nikola Jokic is a big game player. We saw that in Game 82 last year in Minnesota. We've seen that over the last couple of weeks, how he can raise his game when the Nuggets really need him to. He went through some stuff earlier this season. It was not a shining moment from him. It was not a moment to be proud of in Memphis and around that night. But he has come leaps and bounds from that point this year, and I think this is the Nikola Jokic that's here to say what he's shown over these last couple weeks, how he's shown he can put the Nuggets on his back offensively, score from the block. I believe his three-point shot is coming back, and also defend. I mean, how about that? That's also been the narrative that surrounded Nikola Jokic, right? oh, he's just going to get picked apart in the playoffs. And yes, I agree, we've got to see him defend in the playoffs. I'm not going to go out there and say, yeah, he can defend the pick and roll against Houston or Golden State for four quarters, for seven games in a playoff series. I'm not sure if he's there yet. But what he's shown this season, just from an effort standpoint, from a defensive IQ standpoint, I don't think we can have the same reservations about him as a defender that we've had in previous seasons. He's shown that he's quicker this year than he was last year. We've shown that he has better foot speed this year than he does last year. So offensively, what he's done over these last couple weeks, and defensively, what he's done that whole season, I'm not worried about him in the playoffs as I once was to a degree and as a lot of people were to a degree. So he's the guy that Denver's going to ride throughout the rest of the season or until most of these guys get healthy on the offensive end. And he's going to be the guy, their number one option in the playoffs too. I don't see that changing. On the subject of the playoffs, I want to go back to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. We've got a call from our guy Boyan from Stockholm, Sweden.
4: Hi there. This is Boyan calling you all the way from Stockholm, Sweden. Thanks a lot for doing a great show much appreciated uh, i have two questions uh, now that the the nuggets seem to make a run really for the playoffs this year uh, how do you see the chances this time of course uh, it's totally different playing regular season and playoffs and how do you think the rotation would be once it's limited to just like eight players rotation who will play if they're Uh, not injured, and how do you see these chances in the first and second round? Thanks a lot for everything, and go
2: Nuggets. Thanks, Borean, for the question so much. I'm going to skip to the second part of your question there. Who's going to be playing for this team in the playoffs? I think that's a valid question. And look, we typically see coaches around the league cut their rotation to eight players, maybe even in some cases seven players, the thing about the Nuggets, though, is this is a little bit different of a team, right? This is a team that thrives on its depth. This is a team that doesn't really need Paul Millsap and might be at its best when Paul Millsap plays 30 minutes max. This team might be at its best when Nikola Jokic only plays 34, 35 minutes, you know, get him a couple breathers here and there so he's not completely gassed at the end of the game. And this is the team who's had one of the best bench units in the league for the whole season so far. The four-man bench unit of Monte Morris, Malik Beasley, Trey Lyles, and Mason Plumlee. Now I know when this team is healthy, that four-man bench unit is going to become five. And Wancho will slide back to the bench. So if you're looking at the top 10 players in this Nuggets rotation right now, and that would be the five regular starters, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton, Paul Millsap, and Nikola Jokic. And then you look at the five bench players, Monte Morris, Malik Beasley, Wancho, Trey Lyles, and Mason Plumley. The Nuggets can get away with playing their bench a lot in the playoffs. I don't think they can get away with playing 10 guys. If you're looking for a guy who is most likely to get his minutes cut in a playoff setting... I think that's Trey Lyles, why he's underperformed this season on the offensive end of the floor. And also, at the four spot, you can play Wancho there, right? You can play Mason Plumley there alongside Nicole Jokic. We've seen that that combo has worked for Denver over the course of this season. So Lyles is the guy I think would be most likely to get cut. But I could totally see a scenario where Denver tries to play nine, right? Or maybe they try to play eight, and then you see a guy like Malik Beasley's minutes get lowered to you know ten, and he's playing spot minutes. I would envision the Nuggets playing maybe eight guys. There are five starters, and then a Monte Morris, a Mason Plumley, and a Wancho. You know, at least twenty minutes, and then maybe Malik Beasley is the guy who goes from playing. 20 minutes to maybe 10 or less in the playoffs, and maybe a guy like Trey Lyles gets cut out of things entirely. I don't know. We're still so far away. A lot of things can happen, but that would be my prediction at this point in the season. But thank you so much for the call, Boyan. Glad to hear you're listening in Sweden. Please call back again. Let's go ahead and hit our final break. I got one more question to come back to right here on the BSN Nuggets podcast.
1: Arthur, and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out elixinol.com.
2: Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go. Harrison Wind here wrapping up Thursday's show. Got one more question to get to on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline from our guy Steven Boulder. Let's go there right now.
4: This is Steve from Boulder. Well, wow. I'm wondering um, if we should be raising the bar on our expectations for the Nuggets in terms of uh, how far they can go this season. Is it time to do that, or is is it premature? I mean, is it? Are we really talking about um, making it to the Western Conference Finals? Are we talking about actually winning the Western Conference? Um, NBA Finals. How far, you guys, do you think um, we can at least dream the Nuggets uh, can go, particularly after they get their uh, three starters back in the lineup? Uh, Yeah, that's all I have. Go Nuggets.
2: Thanks for the call, Steve. I love when callers start out with just wow (laughs) because – That's also what I'm saying after a lot of these Nuggets games, watching them from my seat. It's been a cool run so far. In terms of raising expectations, yes, we should obviously raise our expectations from where they were at the beginning of the season and maybe even where they are right now. And you know what, guys? A lot of people... And me included have said this before. Look, you've got to go through the trials and tribulations of the playoffs. You've got to lose in the first round and go back and put your nose to the ground the next summer. Really work on your game. Really find out in the playoffs what you need to do to succeed at that level, and then come back again and make a run deeper. You know, you got to get beat down the first round, then go back to the drawing board and really come back for real next year. That could still be the case with this team. The Nuggets might get beat in the first round by a team like the Lakers, you know, by a team like the Rockets, like I just listed earlier, but. I don't think it's a certainty that a team like this Nuggets team has to lose in the first round to eventually go further in future seasons. I don't think that's a thing this team 100% has to go through, which is something I probably assumed they did before this season started. And you know, I'm not willing to put a ceiling on this team. I'm really not. They are so talented. I think they have the most talent in the Western Conference. Yes, more talent than Golden State, more talent than Houston, more talent than OKC. They are so insanely talented. And another reason why I'm not putting the ceiling on this team is because they've been healthy for one and a half games this season. I'm not even counting Isaiah Thomas because he is a complete wild card at this point. I don't think fans should have any expectation for the impact Isaiah Thomas is going to make this year. I'm just talking about the five starters and this Nuggets bench. That group has been healthy for one and a half games this year, and that starting five was stellar in those one and a half games, just like they were stellar in the small sample size they played together last year. and This team has been so incredibly good through 30 games with all the injuries. I think the league should be a little worried about what they can do fully healthy when they have that starting five playing together. The belief in this team is something else right now, and I'm not talking about external belief. I'm talking about internal belief. Go on to Will Barton's Instagram right now. Scroll down to a video he posted last night. It's kind of like a hype video of his rehab. Shows him on the floor a little bit. Shows him on the treadmill. He's got a quote in there, which I thought was so cool. He said, quote, they can't win every year. It has to stop one day. Why can't it stop with us? Who is they? Well, it's of course the Golden State Warriors. Look, Will Barton told me last year that he thinks the Nuggets can beat the Warriors in a playoff series. I asked him after a win over the Warriors last year at the end of last season when Denver had already beaten them once before last year, and we know how well the Nuggets play the Warriors at least in the regular season, if he thought they could beat them in a playoff series. And he said, yeah. He said he thinks Denver could beat anybody. He'd take this group over anybody. And that was last year. Imagine what he thinks this year. The self-belief on this team is so high, and that's half the battle sometimes. Teams got to believe in themselves, and this Nuggets team really believes in themselves. So back to the question, sorry, about expectations. My expectation of this team right now is that they win a first-round series and are very competitive in the second round. That's my expectation. I think that's realistic. I think that's a very plausible scenario looking down the road. I know they're number one in the West right now. As a fan, you should not have expectations that they're going to an NBA Finals this year. Can they go to an NBA Finals? Do they have the talent to go to an NBA Finals if things break right for them? And the West looks a little volatile right now. I know the Warriors will be there, but there's some internal stuff going on there. They're not as rock solid as they were a year ago. Will they get it together in time for the playoffs? I think they will. Will they come out of the West? I think they will. But the Nuggets have the talent. The Nuggets have the mindset to get to a Western Conference Finals this season. I'm not sure if things will break the right way. They'll probably need things to do so in terms of matchups and whatnot. But I guess the point I'm getting to is I don't want to put a ceiling on this team because they're so talented. And we haven't seen what they look like when they're healthy for more than just a game and a half. So that's where I'll leave things tonight. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Thanks for the calls. If you got a second, please head on over to iTunes. Drop us a five-star review. We really appreciate it. It takes only like five seconds. Again, the number for the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394. one bsn 8394 Be back with another episode on Friday. Talk with you guys then.
0: Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page, where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to BSNBars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bar bartender the vip image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free coors banquet beer at any of those bars there are over 20 bars there you're sure to find one close to you it's bsnbars.com find a bar and get a free coors banquet on the house thanks for listening to the bsn denver podcast network when your celebration of life is prepaid today your family is protected tomorrow with us you'll find patience compassion and attention to detail that is second to none We're your local Dignity Memorial provider. Find us at DignityMemorial.com.